Good evening, good evening, good evening. How y'all doing out there? Long time no see. I'm trying to remember how to make everything work here on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Brothers, how are you? Well, I know Doc's doing well. He had a very nice conference. He'll speak on that later. I'm doing all right myself. Uh, went to, uh, to uh, saw some co- some women's college basketball. Let me turn it on you instead of yeah. looking at myself like I'm... What the hell I'm doing? Yeah, you know what you're doing. Apparently, uh, slowly. The boy wonder. So you know. Uh, that, I went and like I said, I mentioned it earlier. I went to and stepped out and watched some women's basketball, college basketball. Uh, saw some high school playoffs. Where were you, sir? Where did you see this? I went to A and M for a uh, day game between A and M and USC. Um, you mean the USC, not that Southern Carolina team, right? Yeah. Uh, the folks over in, <laughs> over in the, in the neighborhood, a private institution in the neighborhood, not that public school on the East Coast, and that's just the way they refer to it. And, and, oh, exactly. And and who's the head coach at uh, USC, sir? Cynthia Cooper Dyke. They had a. And how was how did the game go? How was it? It, it was. And I'm stu- stepped out to a du- uh, a, almost a double digit uh, hmm. uh, lead right before half. And, uh, Southern Cal cut the lead down to less than ten, less than double digits right before they uh, they went into the halftime. Uh, and them couldn't extend it, and they came out. Uh, Southern Cal came out the second half and just jumped on them, and the w- game went back and forth. Uh, they and them was able to keep a eight to seven point lead, and then when it fourth quarter, um, the total of minutes on the floor by starters. Extended minutes started to catch up with A uh, and M. Depth is not that uh, not that good right now, uh, and they've also got a bunch of new folks, uh, and they're trying to figure some things out. Southern Cal took that to their advantage. Depth plus they're also bigger than they uh, than they were last year. They at, at all positions, point guard on up, uh, they were able to wear A and M down, take it back and forth. Almost like the game that uh, we saw the other night uh, that you're going to speak of with uh, the Rockets in Denver. Um, and when it, it push came to shove, couldn't make the start that it needed to make. Weren't able to uh, keep uh, Southern Cal from the free throw line. And as I say, that was the tail of the tape. A&M was, uh, was not able to uh, overcome size, depth, and uh Zone pressure, man to man pressure. Hey, you uh, still struggling against zones, huh? Two 10 second calls, back to back possessions late in the game. Coach Blasage, you can do a lot of things, but you can't overcome that late. Now, when the game is going back and forth on any level. And by the way, for those folks who don't know who you are, so who are you? I am the Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me online um, at Twitter, TweetDeck, Facebook, J.L. Woodley 1, Jerry Lee Woodley Jr., uh, SoundCloud, Blogger, YouTube, as AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report. And for those who don't know, let me say this so I put it on camera. Like I said, I forgot. It's been a while, and I'm old. You're listening to another KG Fifthwood Wildcat and Doc podcast, and now I'm going to go to uh, the icon of HBCU. Yeah. 
I like sports coverage. He, he's he's a start of week right now. Yes, he's a start of week. How are you, sir? And and listeners, be sure you check out what he's wearing. Proud, he's proud representative. Today. He's proud, sir. Of, who, he's yeah. it. For those folks who have no idea what that is, which I don't know how, how that could be possible. Yeah, that's that's true. Who, that's who is that? Go ahead. I'm sure, there's some people out there that do not know. Uh, I am the, a member of the Proud Fraternity Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, and today is our Founders Day. So, to all those brothers out there that uh, listen and watch our podcast, first let me say thank you, and second let me say Happy Founders Day to you, brothers. Uh, for those that don't know, this is a fraternity. This is actually the first black Creek letter organization uh, founded in Ithaca, New York. Uh, I mean, in terms of Cornell on the campus there in 1906, obviously December 4th, 1906. So this is 110 years that we are celebrating today. And uh, on my way here, I actually went down to Prairie View as I have a colleague. This is to Dr. Kadi as he was the keynote speaker currently the provost of Albany State University. So I wanted to make sure that uh, he was acknowledged. I had the opportunity to bring him into the fraternity. He's went on to do great things like many brothers across the landscape, not just within my Ada Gamma chapter and the graduate chapter that I'm... Including yourself. Right here. Oh, thank you. Doing big things. And, and so that's what it is. In terms of how I'm feeling, I'm actually exhausted trying to get my second win. Uh, as you allude to, we had a full week of events here. Uh, we purposely put uh, the HBCU Football Award, what we call the Ben L. Cavill Big Ben HBCU Football Award, during the same week as the SWAT championship game. Uh, that was actually a very competitive game, exciting game, entertaining game for a lot of people. Uh, but ultimately, the team that many people thought were going to come out with it did it. But back to the events. We started off Wednesday, November 30, 2016, Houston, Texas Crown Plaza, the big, uh, the Ben L. Cowell Senior Big Ben HBCU Football Award, which is awarded to uh, the best, if you would, HBCU football player that has ties with the state of Texas. So that means simply, if you were born in the state of Texas, you're eligible. Uh, and you play for HBCU, or if you went to a high school, a junior college, again, in the state of Texas, and ultimately are playing your career at an HBCU eligible. And if you're at an HBCU outside of the, uh, if you are, excuse me, born, uh, went to a high school outside of the state of Texas, if you went to one of the three HBCUs that plays football in the state of Texas, which is Prairie View, Texas Southern, and Texas College, you are eligible as well. So there was a list of seven players that uh, found a way to get it done and, and were on the list. And I'll give some kudos to them as we get back into it. But I want to look at the rest of the week because Thursday we come in with a conference, which is the HBCU Athletic Research Consortium Conference. It's an academic conference for professors that study um, at HBCU Athletics. So it's better known as the HBCU ARC Conference. Uh, just to give you some framework on what's taking place there. And so we kicked that off Thursday. And when we kicked it off Thursday, we had a great day in the morning when everybody came in. But one of our culminating events was Friday when we had a chance. And we'll get the information out there for those that actually want to watch the video. 
as my colleague right here blessed me with the opportunity to come in and tape it after we talked at the SWAC media day. He came on over, took his valuable time, and taped it. And the gentleman that I'm talking about were the executive director, John Grant, of the Celebration Bowl. The Celebration Bowl is in its second year of existence. It is played in Atlanta. It kicks off the bowl season. It is the only FCS, formerly F1AA, people may know it by that nomenclature. It kicks off the bowl season of all bowls, literally. The first one on air, it's on ABC, not ESPN, but ABC, uh, 11 o'clock in Atlanta. And it will feature North Carolina Central's, the champions of the MEAC, who defeated North Carolina A&T, their arch rival, in their final home game of the season. So they come in with a gaudy record of 9-2, 8-0 in the conference race. Uh, talk about the polls. They're ranked number two in the polls. The poll that I do, they rank in just about everybody's poll in terms of top two or three. They will face Gramlin, who won the SWAC championship game yesterday. 10 to 1. So I'll play a little music for you. Grambling State Tigers, 10 and 1, 9 and 0 as they come from behind after being down 17 0 to win the SWAT championship game here in Houston to send them on their trip away to Atlanta. Just like North Carolina Central. Because, oh, yes, people, it's going to be a celebration in Atlanta. Cooling the game. Give props to them. Just let everybody know. Grambling State Tigers, seven first place votes in my bowl. 10 and 1, 9 and 0. If they get it done, as I said, coming from behind to dethrone the back to back champions in the All Point State Braves who handled themselves well as Footman came out and really got it done and showed why uh, he has a chance to be even more of a great quarterback. 14 to 24, 259 yards, averaging 10.8. He did throw a costly interception. But then there is none other than Devontae Kincaid, 15 to 22, 237, averaging 10.8, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And the reason I bring up Devontae Kincaid, you might have seen me do this on Twitter. He was awarded the Big Ben Trophy for the Ben L. Calvert Senior HBC Football Award. He won that. Had a chance to take a picture with him as he had his championship hat on after the SWAC championship game as he was doing his celebration bowl dance, if you want it. Asking people, what's your pleasure? He's ready to get it done. Come on, it's time to celebrate. We're going to Atlanta. He was very happy. He tweeted out about the fact that he had the Big Ben Award. So we was really excited about all that. So that's what's been going on in my life, a lot going on. So not only did we have John Grant in terms of in terms of the HBCU Athletic Resource Consortium, as we said, the HBCU ARC, we also had the commissioner of the SWAC, as I talk about that, Dual Sharp. And they were going to speak for about 20 minutes um, and answer a couple of questions. If that long. If that long, but they were thoroughly impressed and uh, really excited about the opportunity. And the questions started coming in and the questions from my students, uh, then faculty, mm -hmm. distinguished faculty around the country, as well as local leadership that they decided to stay longer. Ultimately, it was about an hour, if you would, to follow up and ask these questions. So I think everything went really well. 
in regards to the conference and so again uh, we'll get you some information where you can go see the video uh, in terms of that and I'll let you I'll do that at the end of the show so they can see that as well uh, we'll probably have it on the tweet as this information comes out so you can definitely go see the video and talk about what's going on there because uh, that, that needs to be done so everybody can see that if you would uh, but in terms of some of the finalists, I want to make sure I give them some love. Ty Gatson, offensive lineman from North Carolina Central, senior. His parents was there. He was taking his final, so he was under to make it, but his parents were so proud of him uh, for getting it done. Cornelius Henderson, a senior uh, in terms of a defensive lineman. He was back for his second trip up for the award and was running for the fan vote that ultimately went to Ty Gatson as he really got his parents behind that. Uh, and as I said, they were there, so Cornelius wasn't able to make it at Jack State as he's a senior graduating, taking his next step. So he also uh, was taking finals, but his mother was there, and she was very excited on his behalf to get what was going on. Uh, and then we had Sean Jones, uh, just a sophomore defensive back out of Dallas, Texas, that was there uh, from Texas Southern University. He was there with his senior kicker. Uh, who got it done uh, in a lot, lot of ways in terms of Garcia, Eric Garcia, big-time player, big-time player, make a big-time play. We had uh, Singleton. You mean Prairie. Medina, right? Eric Medina, excuse me. Eric Funk Medina. the Funky Cole Medina chatterbox refers to him yeah, during the broadcast. Funky Cole Medina. Yes. Certainly getting done. So, uh, as I said, Singleton from Prairie View was in the house. Um, and Devon, uh was getting it done in terms of linebacker. He made sure everybody knew as he's a senior in terms of his classroom and junior on the field, he'll be back. He said to terrorize, or at least the Prairie View fans said, he'd be back to terrorize that. Texas Southern fans were there, so it got interesting. They said, no, nah, it's not y'all year this time. We got y'all at home and BBVQA. So it be, should be an interesting match. But Sean Jones, as he come to the radio station to do his interview like we did on that Tuesday, he made sure everybody knew that he was excited about everybody getting their accolades and talking about the championship game. But he said, Texas Southern needs to take the next step, and he wants to make sure that he gets it done. That and he said, I promise you, we'll be in the mix next year. Uh, and we plan to be in the SWAC championship game. So... It's a lot of good ribbing, a lot of good talking smack, so I thought that was good. So we had a mix between MEAC players, SWAC players, so I think it was really nice to get it done. And ultimately, as Ty Gasson took home the fan vote, the Big Ben Trophy went to Kincaid. His athletic director was there, uh, very excited, very pleased with what took place. And so a lot of support from a lot of people. And when I said Devon, that's Devon Reed. want to make sure I get his name out there in terms of the guy that's coming back uh, at the uh, linebacker position, getting it done for Prairie View. But Ken K from Grandland State, their fans have been excited. He was excited. You even had some uh, University of Mississippi uh, people, I guess, that followed him, that keeps up with him and retweeted and congratulated him, Old Miss, as they say, in those parts. So it was a very nice weekend to let everybody know. So as I said, for Grandland State, and for North Carolina Central, it's a celebration. Are you going to be there, sir? Yes, I'll be in Atlanta. Yeah, don't let I'll be in Atlanta because I pass. actually will give uh, while his parents was there. 
he was so excited and found out that I would be going to the Celebration Bowl. Um, and so I kept his awards, and so they want me to present it similar like I did to Devontae Kincaid for the SWAC Championship game. They want me to actually provide his two trophies because, as I said, he has the finalist trophy that he got, and then he has the trophy for winning the fan vote. So he'll get two. So we'll make sure we get those pictures out to you in terms of that. And we'll have pictures of the event, pictures from the conference, the video. So all that stuff was there. As everybody was uh, very excited, very happy. We gave them the journal, the journal of HBCU uh, and culture uh, provided to all those that attended the uh, conference. So thanks to Dr. Crystal DeGregory as, as she got that done for me, uh, making sure that they were awarded that. And so everybody seemed very happy about the conference. FAMU came in, we had uh, Morgan State representative, uh, different people with different backgrounds. Uh, Prairie View obviously had six students that did presentations. People were commended uh, for the negotiations award as Angel Corona and his teammate uh, got it done winning that. There was uh, money involved in that. They got to take on $250. They did so well though and the competition was so tight that the winner up which wasn't originally going to get an award, ends up getting $150 their split. And so um, it was a tremendous weekend, a lot going on. So I'm so happy uh, that things went that way. The last thing I'll give you, not least, is we released our final, yes, final mid-major poll last week. So I want to make sure that we give the mid-major HBCU some love when you talk about number 10, Fort Valley State Wildcats sitting at five and six, three and one in the season at number ten. And number nine, Miles Golden Bears five and four, two and two in conference play in the SIEC along with Fort Valley State. Then we jump to the CIAA holding up the eight spot with Virginia Union Panthers closing out the season at five and five overall, four and three in their conference race. At number seven, staying in the CIAA with the Elizabeth City State Vikings finishing at five and five, four and three in the CIAA. Moving back into the SIAC with Albany State Golden Rams, 5-4, and 3-1, sitting at number 6. Uh, let's do a review of the bottom five. As we said, number 10, which is Fort Valley State, although they were 5-6, and six, <coughs> they came out of their division, won the division at 3-1, and one, played for a championship, defeated Kentucky State that also played that game at 4-6, and six, so they win a conference at 5-6, and six, so they find a way to jump in the pole. Going up to the final five, as we told you, those bottom six, which were nine at Miles Golden Bear, eight at Virginia Union Panthers, seven at Elizabeth City State Vikings, and six at Albany State Grand, uh, Golden Rams. Number five, Langston Lions, six and two, five and one. And number four, Bowie State Bulldogs, seven and four, and six and one. They were out of that tough northern division of CIAA. You'll see how tough it is because you'll see several teams in the top uh, part of this poll, top five, if you would. But moving back into the SIAC at number three is Tuskegee Golden Tigers. They had one first place vote, nine and three, three and one. Those that have been following the poll realize that Tuskegee was number one for most of the year. They had a major upset to Kentucky State that put them out of the out of the SIAC championship game and almost left them out of the playoffs because they didn't have the maximum amount of games needed, 10, to qualify. They played a game at the last minute, thought it was going to be the loser of Fort Valley State, Albany State. Albany State lost that game and then backed out of the game after they first agreed with it just to remind everybody what took place. But they found a chance to play Virginia State Trojans. Coming out of the CIAA at 9-2 and 5-2 and and after they defeated Tuskegee 
Tuskegee still qualify for the playoffs, so it was a win for them. But Virginia State gets it done, so they had that head-to-head matchup late in the season. And we might talk about that a little controversy uh, with these other boys that play in terms of the playoffs. It doesn't oh, yeah. seem they understand oh, yeah. oh, what yeah. it means to win a conference championship. But uh, I digress because over here oh, no, you got we a point. get it right. You got a point. No, you got no, a legitimate we, point. We got something for that, too. Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. Keep that to the podcast. Oh, yeah, it's it's a couple of folks in all that are not happy. Oh, yeah. I figured we did, and it should oh, yeah. be. At number three. Uh, three first-place votes, I should say, for Virginia State Trojans that they are number two as they jump over to Tuskegee, first and forcing them all the way down. Because, again, I said they had that head-to-head matchup. Although Tuskegee got a playoff win, that was great. But when you had a chance to play the team, you lost to them. That means something to me. Number one, Winston-Salem State, 9-3-7-0. They win a conference championship, which is another reason why they're up over Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. As I said, it had a solid season. Nine victories to their credit, win the playoffs, even got a playoff victory. But in in the poll as we do the breakdown here, there's something about at least winning a division championship, if not ultimately the conference championship, which True. both Virginia State Trojans True. and Winston-Salem State did, as well as the fact Virginia, Virginia State, the Trojans had the head-to-head victory over Tuskegee Golden Tigers. So that'll do it for the mid-major poll in terms of those top ten teams. Finally, top five, Langston Lions. Number four, Bowie State Bulldogs. Number three, Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Virginia State Trojans. And number one, Winston-Salem uh, Rams. Winston-Salem State Rams, I should say. They get it done as they're in it. Top two teams in the major division, which is really what it's all about. Uh, Prairie View does finish in the top five. I'll say that. It looks like they will. We have a couple of weeks to get a final poll. But in week number 14, Southern Jaguars 8-3. Number three, North Carolina A&T. Number two is North Carolina Central Eagles at nine and two, but at number one, Groundland State Tigers eleven and one, nine and zero. Oh. And last time I'll do this is they will be going to the Celebration Bowl at eleven point nine and zero. Oh. Yes, I'll be in Atlanta as they face off against North Carolina Central. That is the champion of the MEAC versus the champion of the SWAC. Eleven and one, nine and zero. Oh. Groundland State Tigers face off against nine and two North Carolina Central Eagles. In the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl in Atlanta, December 17th, 11 o'clock kickoff on ABC. I will be in the mix making sure it goes down. Uh, as I want to just say official thank you for John Grant for coming to our HBCU Art Conference. That'll do it for the HBCU Report. One thing I will put on the table, uh, we start the basketball polls, but the hottest team, it's not Texas Southern that has some big wins and has four Division One wins on their record. It's none other than Tennessee State Tigers. Tigers, yeah. Oh, the other TSU? Yeah, there's a lot of people saying right here, the other TSU. Big Blue is 6-0. and Four or five Division One wins. They are ranked top 25 in the mid-major poll, 17 to be exact, after last week. So they're playing some very good basketball. And thought I would throw that out there. Women's basketball holding up on their own. Uh, Texas Southern has a couple of wins. Prairie View down there have a couple of Division One wins. So it'll be interesting if we get into conference play to see what's going to take place. A couple of MEAC women have some Division One wins. So looks like the SWAC and the MEAC will be really competitive this year. Thank you, Doc, as always. Before we go audio, I want to say a few things for myself back on, on camera. Thank you, Bruce, for uh, chiming in from – from Austin, I believe he said. Uh, Wildcat, you think you were here for uh, the first half of this game. 
It's like the Southern defeated HBU today. Yep. In the Battle City teams, fifty to thirty-four. Uh, TSU improved to five and two on the season. And I think they are the best team in the city of Houston, despite the fact um, I was at Hawkins uh, watching Coach Ronald Huey's Houston Cougars win their second straight game to improve to three and four with a seventy-nine. 63 win over the College of Charleston. I don't believe U of H and TSU will play this this season. Unfortunately, kind of like their brethren on the um, men's side of U of H, but I won't get into all that. I don't want to talk about that too much because you know how I feel about that. You sure? You don't want to talk um, about that? You sure? I want to talk. I'm going to chime in and I'm going to do the little teaser now because uh, we're going to go to audio. We're going to turn off the Facebook Live unless someone chimes in real quick with a comment or question. Oh, Tom Herman. Tom Herman, Tom Herman, Tom <laughs> Herman. I got no stuff to game say for the, to you, for the long Tom homes. Herman. I got stuff to say about you, Tom Herman. And oh, those alums at U of H who wanted our brows so badly, so desperate, so sadly to come back to U of H and be the head coach. I got something for you, too. And I'm sure happy, and ho- I hope y'all saw the press release, the statement that U of H announced yesterday, saying that, saying basically saying no, and our brows not on the list of candidates for the job. I hope y'all are happy. Uh, well, I'm sure you're not happy because the fact that you even considered that man for this job shows, in my opinion, how sad and desperate you are to, that you have, really have no concern for the moral compass of U of H, University of Houston. And the impact that having that man as head coach on the program would have, not on the football field, but in the eyes of everybody else around the country and the state. And you gave no thought clearly to any home visit where Coach Browse would go into a home and talk to a dad who has a daughter who's married to a wife and says, Coach Browse, I want you to explain to me what happened to Baylor. Uh, um, 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 thank you. Turn around, walk out, sir. Say you that say to me. You're Those right. conversations would have happened a lot more than some of you alums, fans, football players, former football players who were chomping at the bit to get Browse back as head coach. I am so glad that he is not considered for this job. I tweeted out when Brett McMurphy of ESPN. Uh, wrote the article that our brows, along with, uh, I think, Les Miles and Lane Kiffin, were being going to be interviewed for the job. And I tweeted directly to the president of U of H and the University of Houston Twitter account that I would not spend one dime, not one cent of my money on U of H football if our brows was hired as head coach. It was retweeted a few times by some U of H alums who agreed with me. I was answering a, a uh, tweet of someone else who said they were going to spend a dime if our brows was head coach. I wasn't alone. Me and many of my friends felt the same way. So some alums are arrogant enough saying to us, oh, go ahead. Don't spend your money. Folks will take take up your tickets. You'll be back when we start winning a football game again. Newsflash. The hell I would. As long as our brows was head coach, I wouldn't spend crap on U of H and would not care until he was gone once again and leave like he did before. That won't be a problem. So now we can chime in on happier things about U of H football. They're going to be in the Las Vegas Bowl Bowl versus San Diego State. 
December seventeenth, two thirty kickoff. That's a Saturday. I'll be. Uh, I won't be able to make that. I'm gonna send why some not, money man? to the uh, football. Why, why, why you not to go make the Vegas trip, man? Because I'll be at Toyota Center covering basketball. He thought about it. I thought about it, and plus it costs too much money. Oh, that's real. Yeah, you know. How, the, the, was the flight was the flight the, the issue? Or? Yeah, flights right now about five hundred dollars. Oh, wow. round trip at least five hundred enough. You that's sure? What, that's what, that's what me and some of talked. Oh, we talked about it last night. Oh yeah, we, we it's been discussed. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, it was that's discussed. Why I, told you. I threw it out there yeah, real it's fast. Been discussed. Make sure the other don't worry about all that. It's been get discussed. It, well, I'm gonna ask when I now now I'll be thought about it for the double hitter. Yeah, y'all could have done. Y'all could have done the Jerry Woodley now. That's that you do that. So it's a double header. No, at Toyota Center. That's what I'm at Toyota Center. No, I did, but because uh, it, it was enough of y'all. I know it's at least four of you. All. It's, it's, and I don't want to know who it all is, but it, it's, it's at least four. Am I right? For what they were considering? They were considering making a trip. At least four, right? Uh, three of us. That's still that's more than plenty. But that's, that's, that's more like than plenty. Like I said plenty. once again, <laughs> that's more than plenty. We are, we are not you. <laughs> You 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 have that you have the knack of making those kind of trips. That's not us. We that not gonna do that. And I would I would have set so y'all up, but y'all had some fun. Oh yeah, we're not gonna do that. And y'all had some real fun. That's not gonna do that. that. That's right. The wildcats say I would have set y'all up. Y'all had some real fun. But, uh, no, I wasn't gonna do any of that <laughs> at all. Because so. y'all sing a young man. No 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 no. I'm gonna treat you treat. No, not this group. No, sorry, oh, not that no, group. No, no, sir. No. So get ready for the rest of the audio. Thank you very much for Bruce for chiming in on Facebook Live. We're out there. Not audio. But yes. I just want to talk about this some more. About the apparently desperate status of some alums who wanted that man who... The lawsuits aren't finished. Some of that stuff is hasn't even begun yet. That man was about to deal with. And they were just... It's, it's as if first they forgot how Art Bros left U of H. He didn't leave on the best of terms in the first place. Am I right or wrong, Wildcat? Well, I don't know to, to, to what extent. All I know is that when he left, he left. He left. He left. He left the alerts. They lost the bowl game. It's, it's a trend. <laughs> now, but, but now, distractions come out. Now, I'm going to a bowl game, uh, almost bowl game on the brows, Sumlin, Herman, all eight okay, eggs are distractions. Now, I, I, all I, three I, of them have a trend. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this because it's been on me. It's, it's been on. My my heart to, to to and I remember I text both of you all about this. Why did it take the legal department or somebody that administrated on the board of regents to finally speak up after three coaches to realize that contracts were not wrote with the way they should have been to prevent that? Because three schools in this state walked away with your with, with your coaches at the time at. at at three different times. Why did it take three coaches leaving for somebody to realize, for the smart person in the room to realize that contracts were wrote piss poor? Because he's basically said that in the interview last week that contracts were, that we, we need to do better with writing contracts for coaches. Well, when our browser was here, U of H was nowhere near football in the football business like they are now. Okay. So that's all right, one. All right. I, I get Okay. So that, but the next two, though, the next two, you you was in the football. But base. even Timmer wasn't involved with when Kevin Sumner was here, like he is now. Oh, okay. So that's right. two. And now the buy with Tom Herman is $2.5 million. 
and that's my point right there. I'm glad that number had found that it's, it, because when I saw that when it was mentioned, I was like, "You got to be out your mind." Somebody had to had to really look up and say, "But it's what, it's also a slippery slope to to what because well, ask the Aggies, Kevin Summers about ten million dollars. Most of them on his ass gone. Yeah, but they can't afford it right now because it's too high." And it doesn't fall off. Slope. And, 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 so, yeah. not, so, and if you get it too high up and you're in a position you U of H where you're raising that profile, you may not necessarily get the best coach if you make it too high. So you really have to play Because you might scare out some yeah, coaches. So they'll say, well, I, my ultimate goal is to be up there. So I think what U of H has to do, one, decide whether they want to go after the best young, and when I say young in terms of aspirational, sure, coach. Uh, on the ascent, moving up, all right, to keep the program at a certain level, right. which is similar. If people remember this, another school uh, happens to be in the same conference, different at the time that did this in basketball, which was Tulsa. Mm-hmm. It was this cradle, if you would, yep. of ho- basketball oh, yeah. coaches, oh, yeah. where they could get some of the best young mind coaches, coaches coming because they knew if I came through here, they were going to give me the resources mm-hmm. to win. I could win. And then I could go exit and get, quote, unquote, my big money paycheck, if you would, conference. So you can play it in that ring, or you can decide, yes, we may not have necessarily television money uh, in regards to help offset the cost that we need to bring in a coach that would more likely stay. They're doing it in terms of facilities. That's already on the table. They did that, obviously, with the stadium. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about the workout facilities and those things, which are a lot of things you can get. Or you can go find a coach that may be um, older. And, again, I'm not talking about necessarily just age, but I'm talking an experience that decides that I would be happy to be in Houston, third large, fourth largest city, about to be third. Obviously, everything going on, great recruiting population. Mm-hmm. Uh, the school's on the rise mm-hmm. in regards to what they can match some mm-hmm. of the other schools facility-wise in that area to help recruit. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of make that decision in regards to where you want to go and look and which do you, which would you prefer, uh, a coach that may be older in statue, and it has to be somebody unique that can still relate to young people, or do you want somebody young? But that's going to be on the ascension. And to be honest with you, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. It's just more about what's more comfortable for the culture at U of H to decide whether they want to do with the program. Ultimately, how it's going to be measured, no matter which direction they go in, it has to be the right coach in terms of producing, ultimately, W's, uh, which puts you in a position for championships, obviously the bowl bids at the highest level, and to some degree, uh, which was a frustration, I know Chris with Herman is the fact that if he would have won the games that many people thought he should have won, U of H would have been, especially what was going on this year, would have been in a very good position to be in the playoffs. And once you're in the playoffs, as they always say, anything can happen. Yep. And so one and it, we can see that it can be done at U of H to get in the playoffs. Uh, not that it's uh, difficult. We will put that on the table. We're not saying it's easy, but it's out there for you. So um, continue to do what they're doing in that. Things didn't work out with the Big 12. We've showed our frustration. I'm not necessarily uh, on the U of H bandwagon in that terms, but I look at people that are doing things the right way 
I'm very proud to call Chris a friend, and he's made me become uh, my eyes more wide open in supporting U of H in terms of recognizing when I, especially when I see things that I don't think are right in, in regards to what took place, not necessarily with the Big 12 presidents, but with uh, the television company coming in and doing what they did. I thought that was egregious in a lot of ways. Not to say that people can't run their business the way they are, but much like Chris is calling on Herman, I call somebody that I don't believe has the attitude because I would have a major problem, much as you talked about out brides coming in to my house. I have a problem with Herman coming to my house. Now, my son is young. I'm not sure if he's going to even play football, so that's a whole nother discussion, but I promise you, if I had a son that was old, no matter how much I would respect or disrespect the UT, not even regards to how I thought things went with Strong, even besides that, but with him coming into my house to talk to my son, the way that I've seen him do the thing, and I'm not talking about UK Lever Program. I'm the first to say get your money, but there's a way that you Thank do you. things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that shows me your character. So I would, I'd have a major problem because I would like to think that I'm gonna bring my son up with character as one of the first things that I want him to understand as a young man moving into manhood. And it'd be very difficult for me to have him come into my house, no matter how much I think of Texas. Uh, as long as he's the leader, with me, him trying to talk about how he's gonna provide character to my son, I can't see it. Because I don't see him with any. And see, and which brings me to a point that we can discuss this, kick us around. Why it's apparent that in American society, why have we stopped holding people accountable for their words and their actions? You know, it's now coach speak. It's, well, you know, coaches say what they want to say to get you to, uh, to, get a, to sign a recruit. And it's okay to, well, coach, are you going to be here all four years, son, young lady? Yep. I sure am. Yep. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to be here. I'm going to watch you graduate, graduate, walk across that stage. Yep. Two years uh, down the road. Oh. Bit off comes year, around. One year. Oh, that's, that's, one or two. Let's go with, let's go with the most re, let's go with know, the realness. One year down the road. Middle school comes in, a group of five. Uh, power five comes along, makes a doubles of contract or whatever. I'm out. Coach, coach, you said that you're going to be here all four years and, and watch me graduate and walk across that stage. Coach, nowhere, nowhere around. Coach already gone. Coach won't even talk to you, the players face-to-face, walk out with no comments to the media. Or, and and the media or the alums at the new school say, it's coach speak. You know it's part of the business. It's part of the business of, of that would be called a lie. Big time athletics. That's how it is. It's a lie. Tom Herman, you know, and, and fans, folks will say, "What was he supposed to say?" <laughs> Numerous times in the locker room, he could have told them. He could have spun it because he's a hell of a spin master, clearly, <laughs> because he told the media one thing on camera. And then his agent was behind the scenes, obviously working the channels. And those folks say, you know, some folks say, well, you know, he was his, he was his agent doing it, not Tom Herman. You think Tom Herman wasn't? In, you think his agent was doing everything without Tom Herman knowing anything about it? You'd have to be a fool not to think. Thank that. you. Who who works for who? The agent works for Tom Herman. The agent works for player X, Coach X. 
and I, mean, I don't know too many people worth their salt where the agent runs everything without that person having input in the business of decisions. Mm-hmm. That that's that's ludicrous to me. And and there were players who tweeted out, "You raised players who tweeted out, Coach, why you lie?" That's from the players. I don't have to say anything else. That's from the players. So, Tom Herman, good luck to, to you at Texas. You know, it's, it is kind of a telling stat that he was 6-0 in games. He was an underdog. But his four losses at U of H, he was favored. Three of them, th- three this year. The Navy loss wasn't too bad. The hey. SMU loss was horrible. It was just inexcusable. Yeah, they got rolled. Got that, you know, and that yeah, was part of his his, his uh, coach, his mouth writing a check that his butt couldn't cash mm-hmm. when Chad Morris put it on it because Chad Morris, I'm sure, used those words that Herman spouted out months ago about SMU and football program as bulletin board material, and they laid the smackdown on the Cougars in that football game. You know, that was the week of the Big 12 farce, and now we're not going to expand. And then lastly, Memphis. The defense was – they didn't come to play in the first half at all. They made a, a good effort. But even that game, before the game, the seniors took control in the locker room and spoke to the rest of the team about this, about what the distractions, about what was going on around Tom Herman. The seniors took control of the team then. Mm. So, their, to, their, to credit. their credit. So, I'm just tired of people saying ex- excusing, giving coaches a pass for lying. Spin it. Tell your players. I'm gonna do. I'm as long as I'm here. I'm gonna do the best I can to make sure we win every ball game. But but I'm gonna do what's best for me and my family also. And if that means I get a dream job opportunity that pays me more than I'm making here, I'm about to see. I'm about to consider, look, consider it. Yep. What's wrong with saying that? Nothing. These are young men, but they're not kids. They're not <laughs> stupid. Right. In fact, I think they would respect it better and play better for you because they know it's being told one thing and seeing or yes. hearing other things that throws them off because it's like, why? what's going on? This is not what he said. So, But as Doc touched on it, and it's mentioned in the USA Today, USA Today article about Tulsa, Tulsa had Tubby Smith, Steve Robinson, Bill Self, and Buzz Peterson as head coaches. Nolan Richardson was the first and one. He was the first one. He was the first one to start it off. And they got tired of being a – Coaching a revolving door, so they promoted assistant coach John Phillips, who was 53 years old and a longtime high school coach in the area. He was fired fired at the four years, and then Tulsa did not get back to tournament for a decade. All right, now so you have to be very got to be careful what you do. All right, now the word that my age group who I'm looking for has to be past 50. I want somebody like like when Rice hired David Baylor to replace Todd Graham. You had a young up and comer, rolled on him, left, brought David in. His most settled. He was in and into mentally he was at a point where in his career where it meant more to him to develop and 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 keep the wheels turning rather than just coming in. Move, make make the fast move and then move on. That's why he's been at Rice ten years. Now, mind you, he's had some suffrage and all with the last two to three years, but 
after watching this season, going back over it, watching some games and all, the staff doesn't fit right now. Uh, he sat down last week, had a conversation with the athletic director, and they talked some things over. He knows where he stands. He knows where he stands, and the athletic director knows where he wants the program to go. They're on a card. So basically what it boils down to is from just from reading. I may be interpreting a little bit too much, but the new athletic director wants to see the program headed in a, in a new direction or in a better a better stable stability on next season. So that he's already making changes to the coach staff. Yeah. I think two folks already resigned, retired, yeah. retired I think. And Because I'm going to say this. Most people hadn't paid attention to Rice just because it's Rice. But when they were rolling, they were averaging 10 HISD kids on the roster staff. Most people don't, don't can't fathom that. Just because of the history of this of that institution here in this, in this city. But at some point, if you know that's what that's your bread and butter, or know that's your stability, you can go and find those kids. Now, mind you, you can make an excuse and and coaches, assistant coaches do that. They couldn't find anybody. Well, at the end of the day, you can't tell me that Lamar and Belair doesn't have somebody playing football on a Division One level that they can't get in the right. Am I wrong? Because HISD puts those two schools out there in front of everybody else athletic-wise. I would think so, but the problem you have is even if they are I, I, quality I, I, kids that can get in the rice, that means they can also get in the Stanford, probably Northwestern. True. Programs I, I, that I have bigger profiles. So, um, to be frank, it's similar to issues with U of H. It's similar to issues when you talk about Prairie View to Grambling in terms of recruiting. There's some schools that have tradition. There's schools that have uh, a nuance in terms of who you can recruit, what can come in your door. And so it's tough. Uh, The better coaches can get it done. Uh, But what you're also talking about is getting it done consistently. And what I always try to tell fans and friends, even when I talk about TSU or Prairie View in perspective, is the unique thing about college is you're talking about essentially a four-year window and trying to get everything right for one year. So I'm not sure that it's always possible to have winning seasons consistently. I'll point out to this, and hopefully everybody can relate it to other programs, but in the SWAC for 30 years, if you would, there were essentially three programs. Some people may uh, offer a fourth in Alcorn State Braves, but for this discussion, there were three programs were dominant in terms of the number of championships consistently over that period of time. That's Gremlin, Southern, and Jackson State. Now, as we move into this new millennium, the conference expanded, which is similar to other conferences, You have, which includes now Alabama State was one of the first ones when it came in in the 80s, and then recent, most recently, the last two were Arkansas Pine and Alabama A&M. Each of those schools have won a championship in the conference in the new championship game format. Jackson State has won just as many championships in this new format as uh, Alabama A&M and Pine Bluff, or Prairie View in regards to that. Everybody's trying now. So that's the other part. Even if Rice gets better as they were on the top, you people forget that other folks are chasing you. And sometimes it's easier to walk somebody down than it is to stay at the top. That's why, whether you like Nick Saban or not, 
the fact that he's able to do it consistently really is more to his credit and what they do as an organization than other folks. Just like UConn, not, women. Exactly. It is not easy to do. And, the, and to suggest that you can just say some things to get it done, mm-hmm. uh, is to I'm me, just, is not being fair. But I understand your point. I'm not saying that they shouldn't try. But just to suggest that you can get somebody here and there, I think maybe a little more challenging than how we put it on the table. And to tie it all together with U of H and Rice as well is, and U of H specifically not for for the head coach spot, but Rice it applies to them too. Recruit, you gotta get kids. You gotta get somebody who can recruit this area. Yeah, I didn't. Who can that, sign that, kids? No question. Choose Rice. Whoever U of H hires, if it's less miles, and over the last twenty-four hours or so, it seems like they're leaning that way because of as I. I we text back and forth. I think Les could retire at U of H. I do too. But the problem with hiring Les is he's 63. How long will he be? I think they're going to be a success because he knows, goodness knows, he knows the area. Dude. Well, let's, let's just no re- question about that. that. He, he can coach. He right. But, 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 but I think the other question you have to think about him is, is recruit. We sometimes we forget that recruiting is not just about the head coach. The head coach has to be able to seal the deal, right? But the recruiting starts with his assistant coach, and he'd have to he'd have to <laughs> get some so heck of a staff for that. Can, and I, can he? And when I say he, can the University <laughs> oh. of Houston uh, put the resources enough to get some oh, very go. talented there young you people? And that's what they have to do. Yeah, to do it. I think that's the difference that the Power Five has a little more luxury in doing. Because of so much of the resources that are involved with the television money, that they can push that money down to even the point where you look at Alabama, which Florida State supposed to do this, where they're not only hiring coaches now, they're hiring what consultants? I think is the right. term they mm-hmm. use. Former head coaches yeah. that, that's, that's out of the business, <laughs> they bring them in. You know, like it's on a, on a on, on a, a consulting basis. Yeah, on a consulting yeah. basis. And they're, consult. the yeah. and they're paying them significant. Oh yeah, contract contracts, right? So. That is the difference when you start talking about the major programs. And I'm going to even separate them from the top of the major programs when we look at programs such as Michigan, uh, Ohio State. Yeah, the, uh, the, elite the elite of the Power Five. Because there's a, a gap between the elite Power Five and the bottom 15 and the top 25. Oh, true. Exactly. Uh, and that doesn't even mention the last 50. Speaking, yeah. of, uh, speaking of that, the other Sunday – when they had their announcement oh, at, at, um, at, at UT, it, that was brought up. A question was, was asked from the, uh, from the, uh, 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 the uh, body to the president and athletic, uh, interim athletic director about that. How, you know, uh, will that be a continuous of an effort being made, financial effort being made to hold on to a trainer, Bring in the top uh, top assistants that's going to keep the or that's, well. I think they're going to have a better job of doing that because, to be frank with you, there are some key folks that like to hire. I think one of the problems that you is going to be interesting to see is UT can fix and you uh, can address this because you happen to be there and know a little more insight is that can they really get everybody going in the same direction? I think the, the problem with UT that people really don't want to admit to is not just who they hire. 
but it's the fact that everybody's not pulling that rope in the same way. And you know how I am about championships. Okay. And I don't care if they're at the professional level or peewee level. You cannot win championships, if you ain't particularly in, consistently, if, you ain't if the, the right entire direction. organization. Yeah. That's the key. Not just going in the right direction, but it has to be the entire organization. And that means top leadership from president's owner, depending on what level you're talking about, to GMs, ADs, whatever term you want to use, to head coaches, to folks that people oftentimes do not pay a lot of attention right. to. Everybody has to be pulling now, this in the same I'm one direction. of the few people that went to all three press conferences. Mac leaving, Charlie Strong coming in, credit. and uh, the hiring of Tom, Tom Herman. And who are you again? Let folks I, know who you are. I'm the fifth world wildcat. That's right, 4900 Market Street. But <laughs> your blog is? My blog is AKSV, the CSR. CSR the, stands for what? The College Sports Report. There it is. Now, having said that, that was three different distinct groups seen and heard at all three of those press conferences. The only constant was a coach, whether it was leaving or coming in. Or a coach's wife. Uh, true. The coach's wife. Um, Until, so the listeners may all right. know what I'm talking about. He's no longer with us. Uh, the coach. Uh, co- coach Dale Ross' uh, wife was there Sunday. Yeah. Sat on she's, the front she's row. She's been to all of them. Yeah. That, that, that's been the only constant. Now, having said that, when Mac left, that was standing room only in the Continental Room. When Charlie came in, standing room only. Sunday, seats were empty. Wow. There were some folks there, but that, it, it, it goes back to what, what I've mentioned to y'all before. There's, and we all know this and understand what's going on at UT. There's new money and there's old money. Sunday was old money. And I mean really old money. I didn't see none of those folks at the first two. I didn't see anybody at Mac. I didn't see this crowd at, at Charlie coming in. So, so you're saying that the old money wanted Tom Herman? Yeah, that's who got this done. Because I, you know, and because, I agree with I that. I mean, I mean, literally, that's who got this done. Because they're tired of losing. Yeah. Now, but I, I, I will say this: the only difference in changes that at UT that I can relate it to. Is what happened at Oklahoma and what happened at Notre Dame. The difference is at Notre Dame, Charlie Willingham was winning. Ty. He was winning. Ty Willingham. Ty Willingham, I'm sorry. Ty Willingham. He was winning. At Oklahoma, they were in the same situation. Clean house, brought new recruits in, stabilized the program, got the recruits coming back and staying at home from in the state, not going over to Oklahoma State, not moving out to, not coming down to Texas. To, to go to school the cupboard was full and it was in the process of starting to fill over and all and spread out and, and bulge the doors like what's going on at UT right now that's where they are at one at some point he's going to be on a window and I'm talking about a quick one because oh he's on the clock because it came up in the discussion especially afterwards that Everybody's looking for a championship within two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's on the clock. Because even Coach Brown said, you know, Charlie basically has, has restocked the the, 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 the the refrigerator. 
He basically put some it's some food in the cupboard. It's food on the table. Now it's just a matter of everybody deciding, as Doc said, everybody decided in the in the, in the same direction and in the right direction. I don't see that right now. After that, after going now at at the interview press conference, there is still a split. I don't know how that's gonna get resolved. I don't know when it's gonna get resolved. But it needs to happen for Texas to succeed. Now, I will admit, they are this flagship. Folks, they, they love, just like they love them and they hate them. But at the end of the day, when UT and Oklahoma, I'm going to stay with this because that's why the Big 12 didn't make a move. When those two schools are running, the Big 12 knows they got a shot. And get a national championship. And get into the playoffs. I'm glad you. I mean, they, well they, done, sir. Because we're going to chime into that now. And now you, you all know people have asked me, like, what is Jerry talking about? What is he talking about? I think you that, that's it. not true. And uh, you own it. If they had to stay, if if they had, he had got that moving, we wouldn't be where we are right now with that program. Texas had USC on the non-conference schedule the next two years. They open up. They open up with them. USC. And I'm going to tell you, USC. Yeah, they on right the now. They on the right track. Mm-hmm. They got the right AD. They got the right coach. They got the right program. They got the kids headed in the right direction, and they got some folks that's going. They got a lot of folks that's going to play on Sunday. And next season, literally, game is at USC. Yes, sir. They got a lot of guys that's going to play on Sunday. A lot. So they and get smacked down by the Trojans. I, I tell you what, that's a bold we, game. I'm we hired this man for this. That's what's going to be said by some folks. We hired Tom Herman to get a behind kick like this. We could have kept trying for this. Hey. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, that if it's a bowl game to watch, watch USC bowl game. Watch that bowl game and see how they just manhandle somebody. USC plays Penn State in the bowl game, I believe. But you talked about the Big Twelve, gentlemen. They're, they're playing in the Rose Bowl. Then. Yes. So they leapfrog Colorado. Now, I'm gonna ask this. Who question. said this? Go ahead. Who, who said ahead. this? You know who said it, but I'm gonna read it anyway. Okay. Obviously, I acknowledge the difficulty of the task. But I'm not sure what I advise my members right now. Because we've been telling them that non-conference schedules matter. And one of the four has an exceedingly weak non-conference schedule, he said, referring to number four, Washington, which notched wins over Rutgers, Idaho, and FCS Portland State. Continuing his quote, and we've been telling them the 13th data point matters. And we added a conference championship game because of that. We've always heard that conference championships matter and division championships matter. And now it's confusing. End quote. Who said that? The commissioner of the Big 12. Wildcats, Mr. friend. Mr. Mr. Mumbles. Bob Bowlesby. <laughs> Shucks. You know, this, I, I don't get him. But last year... Well, two I years it, ago, I, I agree with you. I don't know what he's getting, but I think what he's saying here, which is really for everybody, is quite obvious. There, there is so much inconsistency. But this is where I think it's funny. The reason they put this panel together is because they got computer. They got tired of the computers giving them accuracy. Yeah, and they wanted somewhat. Some uh, some human failure into the pro into the situation. Exactly, and that's what I call it. That's and, what it. That's what yeah. it all boils down to. <laughs> I want some. 
Somebody I can actually blame human face to face. Yeah. Human to That's what all, they want. It's, it's all subjective. Subjective. If the committee changes year to year, you're going to get different folks who emphasize different points. That's right. To pick a team. It's just like what Wildcat I learned in mock selections. Oh, the yeah. NCAA has, has criteria all day long. But, but you have different people who emphasize head-to-head, who emphasize non-conference schedule, who emphasize the conference you're playing, who emphasize the, the margin of victory, the, the uh, different stats they want to point to, different metrics they're going to use. If I believe that head-to-head matters more than non-conference, and Wildcat believes non-conference stream of schedule matters more than, than I do, then you're going to have differences of opinions every, every year. Because there is no year-to-year, there is no set etched in stone criteria that states on the mocks in the real selection shows committees on the basketball side or on the CFP. Okay. Except for one that is not stated or written. And that is brands matter. Yep. No question. I, I would never forget this quote that was mentioned by the Peace Bowl last year when they came in and, and extended their invitation. If your school does not travel, you're not getting into the only, only way you get into a bowl game is because your conference needs somebody to fill that spot. Because you have to, basically. Because you have to. <laughs> but other than that, that's why. Because remember, UT was still up for a bowl until they said they weren't going. Because of one major factor, the Longhorns travel. They'll get up and go. And to that to that point, to further and, emphasize and that, that point. And that makes a lot of people mad. Yeah, you're right. But the bold folks are looking at, if you can put money in our pocket, you can come on. But if you can't put no money in my pocket, to that you, point. Not, you sitting up at home. On uhcougars.com, regarding the Las Vegas Bowl and how to order tickets, here's a little bullet point. Why order bowl tickets through Houston Athletics? Tickets sold through the University of Houston Athletics Department help show future interested schools the amount of fan interest there is for the Houston football program. Bowl destinations are not simply determined by conference standings, but are also affected by past history of fan travel and support at bowl games. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see how many U of H alums, Cougar fans, show buy tickets and show up at, in Las Vegas for the Las, Las Vegas Bowl versus San Diego State December 17th. Game is going to be on ABC. I'm going to spend some money uh, for, t- toward the alums so a student or whoever can use, use a ticket. But I'm not going to do that, but I did it last year for the Peach Bowl, and I'll do that again. But uh, So we'll see how many people. It was you know, it was a Peach Bowl last year. You know, everybody's riding high, playing Florida State, and New York Six Bowl game. There's a lot of U of H alums there. A lot. People were impressed by the turnout. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how many of y'all show up in Las Vegas. It is Vegas. Yeah. It certainly is Vegas. Yeah, we'll see how many of y'all buy tickets and show a, up. It's at Boyd Stadium, and it's on the east side of town, away from the uh, uh, from the Strip. Near, it's closer to Sam's Town than it is to uh, uh, to to, down to, uh, to any of the other hotels, but uh, you can't miss it. You can get lost, you know, but you can be headed back back here because you headed back toward Bowler Dam. But 
Sam Boyd is Sam Boyd. It's not on the campus of UNLV. Let me state that one more time. Boyd Stadium, for you folks that have never gone to to, to, to uh, Vegas to a football game, uh, especially to their bowl game, it is not on the campus of UNLV. It is on the east side, past Boulder Highway, uh, looking northeastly of uh, Samstown Casino and Gambling Hall. Don't get caught up. You can lose. <laughs> you ain't the house. The house will always win. Don't bet your last dollar. Wildcat. Yeah. There are two NBA teams that have yet to lose back-to-back games this season. Can you tell me I can't, one of them? I, I, I'm, I'm be honest with you. I can't. I because I had Golden I, State. Golden State is one of them. Who's the other one? <laughs> Wildcat. Detroit. I think you know Wildcat. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna just Detroit? throw it out there. Oh hell about? no! No. I wish. Houston Rockets. Yes, sir. And Houston how did that Rockets. happen? How did that? How does the that happen? Thirteen and seven Houston Rockets. That's impressive. They, they got on me today about that. James Harden been put, putting up fantastic numbers, twelve assists per game, and y- y- Eric Gordon y'all see, is lighting y'all, it up. Y'all and slighted me there. Y'all didn't give him credit for getting it right now. And Chris, you over you know, I, I was waiting for him to answer because I was trying to get him to give James Harden some credit. No, I'm not talking the point that you didn't get it. Else. I'm talking about me getting it right and you not saying anything. Yeah, he did get it right, Wildcat. He did That's get it right. right. I'm going to get my stakes back someday. Hey, you know, it's all good. Yeah, okay. It's all good, Doc. Go ahead. It's the, all good. The Rockets snapped the Warriors' 12-game winning streak. And they kept uh, they, the double overtime I, 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 on let me Thursday. Because I, I, I told the fellas I was going to admit to this on air. I should have. We didn't, we didn't put it on the, on the live video. But the Rockets kept six of us up in the club to watch the end of the game the other night. Against Golden State, because we were in the process of getting ready, we had called for the call for the bed tab, and I was fixing the lead. And uh, Rockets just they wouldn't back away, they wouldn't fall away. Golden State couldn't knock anything down. Then we, just, I don't know what happened. We the waitress came up and, just, and all, but we missed something. And that was next time we looked up at the TV, Steph Curry was sitting on the uh, on the bench with Tyler over his head. And I'm like, what's going? And then that that, that and Furbridge now came across. He just fouled out. I was like, oh, crap. Then, Mr. Flailer, I guess that's what they call him. The <laughs> he, leg kicker. The man who can't control his feet. He comes down. Draymond Green. And kicks James Harden in the head and takes him to the floor. In the head. Now, and think I'm about like, that. In the head. And I'm like, what the hell? And this, this you're talking about six referees now. We all stand there. The first thing out of our mouth was, that's. That's flagrant. He need to be gone. Somebody need to do something about that. I don't know what the league is gonna do, but something need to be need to be done with that because that's starting to be a habit now. Well, he, you know, that's, yeah. it's, it's one thing. You, but that's you did that twice in one game. That's a habit. That's a habit. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad habit. Because even if it's not purposeful, no, he, he's kicked folks can't before. Do it. You know, yeah. yeah, he's done it both. You he's know, done he's, both. He, well, well, I yeah. think he's purposely done it. And I think there's times where he hasn't purposely done it. But um, you get that Robin. Label, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Even when it's not pur- purposeful, the fact that you have the accumulations or the record, uh, people don't give you the benefit of the doubt. And I, sh- we showed it. It was like, okay, first thing when we get to the locker room after the game's over, why well, you didn't call that foul? 
Why didn't you put it? Because that's what was going to happen when the observer come in and say, why y'all didn't, he should have been gone. What, what, what did y'all see or didn't see? I know what I saw. And you already know when you hear that, everybody getting wrote up. So we know it's going to be a uh, get a letter and a phone call and some uh, may get a couple of games cut shot just because. But something need to be done about that though. I mean, on, on the on the serious side, because James could have, you know, that could have been a concussion and all. He could have hit the yeah. kind of hard. Yep. Something got to be done about that, man. Has to. But I digress, though. It's, it's the Rockets, and they got on me about that that today. You know, it it happens. But right now, they 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 running, they running hard. They're playing well. They're playing. They won a lot of road Celtics games. And, yep. Celtics Monday, Lakers Wednesday. That's going to be interesting. So, uh, you got a homestand a little bit here. Thank goodness. And then, uh, well, no, because it's a two games. Then they go to play the the uh, Russell Westbrooks on Friday, December 9th. And they come home for the uh, four-win Dallas Mavericks on Saturday, the 10th. So, yeah, they have a good little homestand here. They got uh, Celtics on the 5th, Lakers on the 7th, one road game on the 9th, and then they come back for home game on the 10th versus the Mavs, home game on the 12th versus Brooklyn, home game on the 14th versus Sacramento, and home game on the 16th versus the Pelicans of New Orleans. So that's a nice little stretch of of wins that they can put together there. And then they got uh, one row for Minnesota. On the seventeenth, that's another very winnable game. They come home for the Spurs on the twentieth. So, Rockets are are playing well, unlike the uh, professional NFL football team in town <laughs> that uh, think lost three in a row Dude. now with an inept quarterback to make a lot of money. What? But uh, hey, get your money, but you're not playing well. Right. So you know that's that's the bottom line with that. They lost today uh, to the Packers in the snow. I'm surprised uh, they played as well as they did. Well, I was seeing a little bit about it on Twitter, and apparently DeAndre Hopkins dropped. I don't know if it was a – I think it was a pass over. First down. First down, and then the – It would have been a first down. And the Packers just went, went from there. So, uh, gentlemen, how in the hell is Jeff Fisher still getting contracts? He got Well, let me, let me say something because – He has a picture. His uh, – his, his, uh, his agent his is agent? the son of the owner. Uh, and well, uh, how about that for a conflict of interest? And, and the legend, the Hall of Famer, made mention of that last week, week before last. Also, that's why oh, yeah. he wasn't invited back. Oh, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't hear his comments. Oh, yeah. But I knew that. Oh, uh, Fisher, And it, it just shows you more and more uh, what type of person he was. And to me, if you go back some with this, you analyze this, there's a certain young man in this area, Vince Young. Not to say that he have any problems of his own, but it gives you probably some more indication just about how petty I'm sure he was with Vince Young, particularly when people knew already that he wasn't the individual he wanted. So it lets you know that it's just not about coaching or just not about Vince Young, that this young and I don't even want to say his name because of that. I think it's ridiculous what he's getting away with. But now you explain it, uh, he he has something better than pitches. <laughs> he has financial stake with the oh, yeah. with the son of the owner. 
so it, it, as I say, it's, it just keeps getting more and more interesting. But uh, yes, it does. You can go online to YouTube and all, and, and find out the discussion and all the, the phone call and what was discussed on the phone call, and and as I say, somebody was lying again. But and, it was, and credit for Eric Dixon for calling him out. Yeah, and he should have. You know, uh, you made a change to the quarterback to satisfy some t- season ticket holders. That's the reason Case Kim was, was, was poor. Somebody wanted to see the new... Uh, the, and poor play, too. Yeah. You know, Case wasn't playing well. But, now nah, they were winning. They, and uh, they were winning ugly, but they was winning. They weren't putting up Ws more than Now, that. you look like a piece of crap out there with a rookie that had... And the kid has basically said... I've never played up under the center ever in my life until I got here. From high school, well, no, well, I take that back. From youth football, high school to college, he never was under the center. Now he's got to make a total adjustment, and he's past the age of 20, 23 years, 21 years old. That's a big jump. That's huge. And you want to do that in less than a year in the league when bullets is coming from every which way. Because he can't get a five-step drop back and, and, and not, somebody not be in his face. And you're going to get him killed back there for the wrong reason. Offensive line ain't that great now. It ain't that great. But, Doc, go ahead and touch on it real quick about uh, head-to-head matchups not meaning anything. Conference championships apparently don't mean anything anymore. You win conference championship doesn't mean the squat anymore. Uh, well, no, this year. Exactly. Uh, next year it may change. This year, as you alluded to with uh, Bosby, one of the reasons that he was so upset that the final four was released early this morning, and obviously they've released a lot of the bowls this afternoon, and you're getting a little more of that. One of them being the uh, New Year's Eve uh, matchup between Penn State and USC in the Rose Bowl. Uh, but what you're also looking at is uh, the other New Year's six matchups or Michigan. Versus Florida State in the Orange Bowl, Auburn and Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl, and Western Michigan, that probably would have been the seat that you see U of H in if Herman would have got it done, uh, is Wisconsin uh, in the Cotton Bowl. But the playoff teams are, see which one of these teams are doing their own thing, which one of these teams do not fit, well, number four. You have Washington out of the Pac-12. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they were playing on Saturday, and what did they do? They held up a trophy. It was called the Pac-12 champion when they defeated Colorado in the Pac-12 championship game. At number three, you have Ohio State, the Buckeyes. Very talented team. Oh, what happened? Yes, they were not playing Saturday. Why? Because the, they did not defeat Penn State that was playing in the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin. Penn State, the Nittany Lions, not that I'm all excited about the Penn State when you look at what went place there in the tragedy. I won't review that. But Penn State won. They won the championship game. Are they in the Final Four? No. Well, let's go on to number two. Clemson. Clemson is in. Clemson is in. What happened to Clemson? They defeated 
Virginia Tech in the ACC championship game. Mm-hmm. There's something about this that's going on. Are you starting to get the picture mm-hmm. here? Yes. Yes, they did. They won. So at the end of the game, they held the ACC championship and they could proclaim themselves the champion of the ACC. And finally, the number one team, pretty much the only easy one they had in there, no doubt about this one, is Alabama. But to Alabama's credit, they went out and got it done on the field. Guess who they defeated? <laughs> they defeat. They were in the SC championship game, and they won. Won convincingly, I may add, just for those that are not aware, which I couldn't imagine could be many people. But for accuracy, I do. Alabama defeated Florida. So at the end of the game, they were in the center of the field in Atlanta, in the Georgia Dome, holding up a trophy that proclaimed them SEC champions. So of the four teams, really I've talked about five and their matchups, obviously, which one of these teams don't fit? Ohio State. Yep. But they're in the playoffs. So there you have it. It's a brand. They beat Oklahoma non-conference in Norman. No yeah. question. We but can sit here and make but arguments. But did not win a conference championship. But, but, we could make but, arguments for them to but, be in, and we know hold up, hold that up. they certainly could be in. But the point now, that we were talking about, to, they lost to Penn State. State. Right. They lost to Penn State. Right. They didn't win a conference championship. And in the discussion. We don't even have to go to the fact that you said that they also they actually lost to the team that won the championship. Thank that's you. not even. Thank oh. you. Which is head-to-head, right? Is yeah. that a head-to-head? And even if you believe they had a better team, there's something that I talk about in my poll that you brought up, as you call it, head-to-head. Usually what most people think with, but obviously not the CFP. So, hey, who am I? And, and This is Dr. Cavill on a little podcast here. And the committee keeps, you know, the members said that uh, – Ohio State had a, had the better body of, re- of work. I all would, those, you I know. Would actually agree. Yeah, I agree with all that. They still didn't win the conference championship. So this year, the committee is saying it's not that important <laughs> to win a conference championship, obviously, unless you're Ohio State and you, and you have part of a brand. They're not gonna say all the other part, but you know. Oh yeah. You know about the brand name and that's the unwritten and, and, and these other these other things. So next year. If a school doesn't win a conference championship, well, no, you know, doesn't win it, has a similar resume, and d- doesn't make the Final Four. Wait, 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 wait. Just last year you had Ohio State didn't win a conference championship, but they got in the Final Four. What about us? Slippery slope. But it is what it is because, you know, a few years in the past, recent past, LSU and Alabama played it for the championship. LSU didn't, didn't win that division in the SEC right. and playing for a national championship. But Great. folks said, hey, Great it's point. the two best teams in the country. That's right. Hell, they didn't even win their division we're gonna, we're in the conference. Match, they're not win their division. We're going to match this up. Not just the conference. They're not win their division. And folks said, oh, it's okay. Up. They play for the national championship. We're going to match this up. We're going to make us some money. We're going to get everybody to watch. And you, Oh, the ratings were low. Oh, yeah, because yeah. folks didn't want to see the, didn't another 9-6 game. And it became regional. Which is a whole other piece of puzzle that I can't believe these people didn't figure out. Plus, the first game was not electrifying. Nope. And, it was, it was and being a championship wasn't either. No. Field goal fest. And it was defense. And well, Doc, uh, I remember watching that game because we all watched on one of Doc's colorful TVs out at Delmar Stadium after the uh, 
a football game out in the parking lot. And I, I was I was thankful for that because Doc, oh, he didn't have to offer. He said, there's some food over there, and some, some libation, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> he could have said, no, you can take your butt home. Hey. <laughs> but I was, I was happy for it because we sat there and watched to the end of the game and didn't get bothered, which would surprise me because of where we were. Mm. But yes, that's uh, it's, it's a matter so of, does it's, it's as a, we get it's, to it's this, a, let's a, get into the matchups. Media people does Washington that, uh, st- does Washington have a chance against Alabama? Chance, yes. I think they're going to play Alabama much better than most people think because I, I think they're stronger up front than they get they credit score. for. They can score a lot, not more than any, any one of those and other I think teams. That's the question: that. Can they score but, enough? But and, and that, that that's going to be the key right there. Like, can you score late? But How can you score early? Can you score late when you got when you have to? Right. Washington that's, that's got pushed around by USC and not too long ago. That is why I'm gonna be. I, I said you need to watch USC and they both. So USC defensive you will front. See what they doing now? It's serious. It's better than Washington's O line, and I think Alabama's defensive front is oh. better than USC's. It, so, it's no doubt about it that. Certainly can make that argument. I think Washington is going to stay in close because of their coach. Oh yeah, now, they're going to have some trickeration. In the football game, and he ain't got no problem with doing it. You know, see that's and they'll play up the fact that everybody's going oh, yeah, to give them a chance. I heard this morning they were already two touchdown underdogs. Yeah, so yeah, whoa, that's a that's a lot. Yeah. So that's a lot. That'll be that'll be you know be interesting to see how that all so, plays out. Although we don't necessarily believe Ohio State should be there, they're in it. So let's discuss it. Ohio State and Clemson. Clemson three, uh, much. Closer matchup in most people's eyes. Three point favorite. I think Ohio State three point favorite right now. Who do you go with? I'm still, I'm still going with Ohio State on that. Yeah, and on I think that, on that game. I think that's what they want. I think they want to rematch. And the only reason I'm doing that with is two. I think they want a rematch between two legendary coaches. Uh, and it'll be interesting if it plays out that way. That's why I think Ohio State actually got the edge. Oh, yeah. brand, and when I say brand, I'm saying the totality of brand. Ohio State and the brand of the coach associated with it. And they would love to get these two coaches on the field for a championship matchup. Remember, last time they met, it was in the semifinals. Uh, ultimately, right. where Ohio State yeah. made the run yeah. with the backup quarterbacks yes. uh, to win a championship. And so you have a coach that is looking for a record number of championships, and the only one close to him is the it's, coach of Ohio State. On the other side and of it. So ultimately, I think that's how it played up. That's why they slid the team in the direction they did. And it'll be interesting to see if it plays out that way. And the, the those two games are on New Year's Eve. And that's a Saturday this year. So it should help have much better ratings than this past year when they had the game. Which is what New they Year's finally Eve. decided to uh, move away from was the fact of playing on New Year's. Uh, matter yeah. of fact, one of those games is scheduled for the Peach Bowl. I just got, in a, I got an email today about uh, credential uh, application for that. Uh, hopefully, I did. That's, like I said, the, the person was very blunt about what you better not do. And we followed, at least I did. I followed it to the letter, got a survey, answered the survey, did well on the survey after it was over with. Um, and I'm looking, I'm hoping that's I get great, invited that, back. That's great insight. That's great insight Look, for our listeners to see uh, what it takes for oh, media. And to get involved they, in the game. they look it's at not necessary automatic. No, as Chris has helped me find out for uh, the final fours, both on the men and women's side. Yeah, uh, 
it was, it was a quick meeting, and they basically brought everybody because there was some guys that were out on the field doing pregame stuff. They brought everybody in. The uh, head person spoke up to us. He he works with the NFL uh, on that on that Super Bowl uh, uh, photography, and basically told us who's gonna be allowed at the coin toss. Uh, everybody's gonna be allowed on the field for the uh, national anthem, and for the teams coming out. And then after that, you get to your perch, and your slots are sitting on both ends, and nobody sideline, nobody other than TV, other than TV cameras, no photographers on a sideline. You can move, you know, chasing, playing all, chasing the ball, but as far as if you get to your, if you want to sit in your spot and wait on it, like I do now, I used to be a runner. I'm not a runner anymore. I get to my spot and I sit there and I wait. Because at some point, it's going to come your way. It's going to be your shot. But the, And they handle that stuff a year, a year in advance, just from how you handle your business on the field. Did you follow directions? Was everything okay? Did you call the ruckus? Did you, were you, oh, dark. Did you, trust me, I, I had never been at a photography meeting like that. It was, it was, this was real. Uh, the guy was very blunt. He basically said, you'll get pulled. You get poor, and you won't be invited to another bowl in your life. When I heard that, I was like, "Okay, this is different." That's serious. You know, it's, it's, uh, I stepped up a level and made the level work. Like I said, I don't know how many guys got in, uh, got a uh, credential application for an invite back. Yeah, it is serious. Even for uh, the celebration bowl, as we talked about, uh, it's a challenge getting those. As well, I had to go through the process, and I had to actually answer a couple of more questions to make sure my two colleagues uh-huh. got their request. So it was interesting that uh, that that's on various levels. Oh yeah, and trust me, uh, KJ and myself, we worked long and hard to get to where we are right now with Final Four credentials. Yes, sir. I mean, literally, long and hard, and we chased down games from here to Oklahoma City. Tampa, Florida. <laughs> the Tampa, Florida. Literally. Because uh, we watched the... Uh, two. And that's during the season. Yeah. Those aren't, those, those aren't <laughs> Final Four games. This, this was doing, doing we went and made those trips during the season to, to prove this, our this, merits. And, it's, and the trip to Tampa was uh, during football season, and it was a Thursday night game. Uh, fr- it was. Th- it was. It was. A, it was, a, it was a yeah. It was, game. That was part of uh, the only one or two times they've done it. There's a uh, women's college basketball tip-off. And, uh, and we were there for that. The, the quarterback uh, that got it broke his leg in the, uh, just before we left the hotel room. Uh, for, was the Oregon because the Thunder was a pack pack twelve uh, team that was playing. And I'm gonna tell you to watch that and then be going out the door. It's like, yeah, let's go, man. This, this game is pretty much over with. Uh, but to go, we chased down a lot of games, chased down a lot of schools here in the state, did a lot of tournaments that we didn't need, but we needed, did a lot of coverage. And at that time, I know I was handling two, three, four, five conference basketball tournaments on a regular basis for at least three or four years. And I'm talking about going from here to Vegas to Kansas City to... Yep. Uh, That's why you're the college sports reporter. Oh, yeah. 
I, I was getting it. I was just like making the run. And we was both riding, and we was riding down the highway, we was riding down there together. And we did some, some trips we know we shouldn't have made, just because of the weather at the time. Yep, one last thing, we're going to tell everybody who, who we are, how, how they can find us on the internet. Why can I drove to Oklahoma City for a Big 12 Media Day and back in the same day? Doc, and it was weather both ways. Oh, it, was weather, it was weather both drove. ways. It was weather both Woke ways. Up at 3 in the morning. He came uh, back, roughly picked me picked up. Him up, and hit the road. And we roll out, we roll out. That was Jody Conrad's last year at Texas, I think, in the Big Twelve. So, yep. And that was, a, and and that was a start. That was the first time that somebody had mentioned about Brittany. So, yep. Got, that was the first time we heard of. Got, got Didn't on, even know who she got was. Put on blast about that too. Yep. So that was. So we've we've uh, earned our stripes. Yep. So, uh, and we're looking forward to. Women's Final Four in Dallas in a few months. Looks like UConn will be probably there again. Of course. After, uh, of course. They're after, oh, but let me touch on this. Wednesday, 6 p.m. Houston time. South Bend, Indiana. ESPN 2, maybe. Number one, depending on the poll you look at. Number one, Notre Dame. Number one, UConn, whatever. Head to head, UConn, Notre Dame on TV. 6 p.m. Houston time, two nice. best teams in the country. Nice. I think it's I think it's safe to say that they are the top two women's teams in the country. It's a home game, Notre Dame. It's a game that, from this perspective, Notre Dame needs to win. From a, a Joe and Jill fan point of view, because if UConn wins, it'll be ninety three in a row. And then the average fan will be like, well, why should I keep up with the rest of the season? It's just going to be UConn winning another championship. They beat Notre Dame right here, so why why, why should I watch anything else? I just wait till the Final Four and, and watch UConn win another championship, number 12. Notre Dame wins. It's going to be on ESPN, too. Notre Dame wins. Notre Dame will stop UConn's long winning streak. Probably will generate some more interest in some other fans. Oh, it's the team that beat UConn. Oh, maybe they need to check them out some more. You know, So I think it's important from that perspective that Notre Dame wins the ball game. I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think it's, you know, we got Brianna Turner from Manville High School playing in the game. Notre Dame probably can score more points, can run them down the floor and win a, a uh, more fast-paced game than UConn can right now. But UConn defense, UConn defense is what separates them from everybody else. People think about their offense and their great ball Dude. movement and great passing skills, etc. cetera. When but their just- defense – when they decide they want to stop you, else. you getting stopped. So and trust me, it's a quick timeout, and it gets corrected right then. So we shall see. I look forward to that matchup. So yes, six p.m. this Wednesday. That's the December seventh. ESPN two, Notre Dame, UConn, women's college basketball. Tune in to watch that game. I'll probably watch that game before heading over to Toyota Center to watch Rockets and the Lakers. Rest of that game. So because I wouldn't really want to see that that matchup on on TV and not uh, via recording. Wildcat, how can folks find you on the internet? You find me on the internet. Social media platform, as Doc says all the time. Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck. At J.L. Woodley 1. Jerry Lee Woodley Jr. You can find me on SoundCloud. Blogger. YouTube. AKSV. The CSR, the College Sports Report. 
And as Doc mentioned earlier, um, I did the uh, uh, video recording for Doc's uh, Sports Research Consortium. And you can find the commissioner of the SWAC, Dewar Sharp, and the CEO of the Air Force Reserve Executive Director. Executive Director. Uh, of the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl. That's correct. Uh, uh, what was Mr. Grant's first name? John. John, John Frank. Grant. John, John Grant. John Grant. They are, they both had some insight and some enlightenment. Thank you. And enjoyed themselves. And I did too. Trust me. Thank you. Commissioner Sharp is dealing with a lot of issues, folks. It ain't his fault. It ain't his fault. He's dealing with a lot of issues. He's trying. It's just a matter of, Doc, I don't know how they do this. I don't know how they're going to get it done, but they got to come out of the dark ages, some of the, some of the programs, some of the presidents. And I, it's, and I don't know how many pro, uh, presidents there were changes were made this year, but at some point, the, the swag That's too. a good point. I think you have. Ooh, <laughs> then you bring it up. Yeah, the one change officially with uh, Dr. Austin Lane right here at Texas Southern University. Right. Uh, I, I know about you that. You just know that Kanye uh, is the president of Jackson State. Okay. Was relieved of her responsibility, so she's out. Interim is uh, uh, Rod Page. Dr. Rod Page? Yes, Dr. Rod Page is the interim president of Jackson State. You know, he's an alumnus oh, of yeah. the university, former secretary. Of education, uh, so he's back home there, and you also have Gwendolyn Boyd at Alabama State is out, so you still have this revolving door and transition that's taking place. So, and it looks like it will continue because we don't know when those presidents of the two interim that are in place when they will take place. So, he's currently going to have to deal with those interim presidents, and you would say in less than a year, obviously six months wow. or so. Uh, it makes sense that those two schools, at the very least, will. Um, will use their new presidency. Uh, all right, that's and that's from my end, that's it. Doc, how can folks find you? Yes, you can find me. You can find me in Atlanta at the Air Force Reserve Celebration Little Brain Breaker Program. You better uh-huh. brain breaker program. <laughs> On December 17th I to watch Bradley State of the SWAT at 11 and 1, face off against North Carolina Central Eagles of the MEAC at 9 and 2 for the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl. I will be there. But besides that, you can also find me every Tuesday at KKBQ 92.9 FM HD2 every Tuesday from 6 to 7 doing Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab. As we provide you all the up-to-date and latest great news about HBCU sports. If you can't catch it live, catch it on the podcast. And you go to SoundCloud at Docterville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. I do the show with two great colleagues, Mike Washington and Charles Bishop, as they were in action bringing it as you want. You can find me on the social media platform at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's D-R. K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. So just check out all that. You can go to the website, th-abc.com. You can get the pictures 
of Ben L. Cavill Senior HBCU Football Award. As that was hot and heavy, you can get the video in regards to the HBCU Athletic Research Consortium, as we call the HBCU Art. Get all the latest, greatest news as we talk about everything going on there. So just wanted to make sure I give you that information that's going on. And that'll do it for me as the Celebration Bowl has begun. Uh, before we close out, you know what we didn't do? We didn't give a prediction on the game this was coming out. What game? Celebration Bowl coming out. Oh, we'll have some we'll time. Have some time. We'll, two weeks. Yeah, we got two, we'll two weeks. We should podcast yeah. before that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So All for right. the bowl season, and we'll give a couple of bowl seasons going out. But I'm glad you mentioned that. But we got a couple of weeks, two weeks away. And yeah, before so, he travels down, he's the road. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a podcast before then. <laughs> I, I promise that. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Then we'll we, 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 KG. Thank you very tell much. Tell the folks who you are. Thank you very much, uh, listeners, for your patience as uh, I am. My day job is the busiest time of the year for us, so uh, that's why these podcasts have been sporadic. But that the busy time of the year is almost is winding down, so we're going to get back in a routine as uh, 2017 uh, is about to hit, hit us in the face. I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, HoustonRoundBallReview.com, Houston Round Ball Review on Instagram, Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube. VHR review on Twitter. Thank you for the new followers. Thank you for the tweets. Clearly, basketball season is is in vogue because I'm getting more tweets and retweets and questions and things of that sort. So I'm looking. I appreciate that. Our podcast, the KG Fifth Wildcat and Dot Podcasts, are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pod Directory, and numerous other podcasting uh, uh, feeds. Thank you for your, your comments on there. Thank you for your comments on the Facebook page of the KG Fifth Wood Wildcat and, and Doc podcast Facebook page. We appreciate your time. Thank you, for it, fellas, for your time, knowledge, opinions, and insight. It's always appreciated. I'm going to wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.